From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Cedric Granger. Good evening and welcome to the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. My name is Cedric Granger, and I'm your host for tonight, here on November 8th, 2022. And there's been a lot of exciting things going on in the sports world. It's all about football right now as baseball has come to an end. Basketball is really starting to heat up a little bit too at the beginning of their seasons. But football has taken the cake as the NFL is in the middle of the season and college football is really starting to go to the point where we all look forward to the playoff time for NFL and playoff time for college football and then also for the Bobcats, in their case tonight in college football, they have the opportunity to win the Battle of the Bricks for the second year in a row. We'll talk about all of that here tonight. As On today's show, we will recap the NFL and where the Cincinnati Bengals sit in the picture. In the second segment, we'll talk about the Ohio Bobcats against Miami and preview what is at stake in this Battle of the Bricks rivalry. Then in segment three, we'll talk a little bit about the Blue Jackets, who are off to a pretty cold start as well as the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are the exact opposite and are red hot sitting near the top of the NBA. And then at the end of it, we will talk a little bit about basketball and Ohio men and women's both getting started on the court. And it was a rough night last night with two losses. We'll discuss all of that here on the Sports Fan. As we'll get it started with the NFL, it was a good week for the NFL Week 9, especially if you are a fan of the Cincinnati Bengals as they took care of business against the Carolina Panthers. Despite Panthers being at the bottom of the league, it's not a guarantee that you will be able to take care of business in these sort of games. And the Bengals, they showed out 42-21. They were up 35-0 at halftime. And the story of the day for Cincinnati was Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, the man from Oklahoma, scored five touchdowns for the Bengals in Joe Mixon, he's a player that's gotten a little bit of scrutiny for Cincinnati as of recently, given the fact that he's had a lot of games where he's had subpar performances relative to where he was at last year. His numbers were a bit down in terms of rushing, and he was called upon to have a bigger role against the Cleveland Browns in last week's game where the Bengals suffered a tough loss to division rival Cleveland. And without Jamar Chase and Cincinnati Bengals really having to depend more on the run game and that be a key factor. They just could not get it done in that area, especially given that nobody scored for the first 25 minutes of the game. There was opportunity for the Bengals to really establish the run. And it's not all on Joe Mixon, of course. There's the offensive line, which is just as an important part of the running game as the running backs are. And arguably, it even is more important. However, Joe Mixon did silence a lot of those people with five touchdowns against the Panthers, really just having an explosion. And if you had Joe Mixon in fantasy, it's really hard to know or hard to believe that you did not win this week. 
I did have a person in my league who did lose somehow with Joe Mixon, which is kind of crazy. Uh, but it was one of those weeks where there were some really high-scoring players. So we'll go down all the rest of the action in the NFL. Bengals, of course, as we said, going to 5-4 and four on the season, trailing in the division by just one game. But starting off, the Thursday night matchup was between the Philadelphia Eagles, who are undefeated, going on the road to face off against the team at the bottom of the NFL, the one-win Texans. And as you'd expect, the Eagles, they did win, not as handily as you would think. Eagles 29, Texans 17. And Philadelphia, they are straight rolling as they're looking forward to their Monday night game against the Washington Commanders to try to get up to 9-0. However, the Washington Commanders, the last time a team started off as well as the Eagles, was two years ago with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who started off 11-0 that season. And they matched up against the Commanders, or then the Washington football team, and uh, Alex Smith and Washington were able to upset Pittsburgh. So another undefeated team from Pennsylvania matching up against Washington could be a potential upset alert for Philadelphia. Then for our Sunday games, Chargers 5-3 and three after their win over the Falcons in Hotlanta, 22-17. The Chargers, they went down quickly 10 to nothing. However, they were able to rally throughout the rest of the game, taking it 22-17 over the Falcons. Then another big game, Dolphins and Bears. The Bears, um, Ohio State Buckeye quarterback uh, Justin Fields, he's really been turning it on as of lately as he ended up breaking the record for most rushing yards by a quarterback in a single game. He had 15 carries, 178 yards, one touchdown, and a long of 61. However, it was the Dolphins that came up victorious, 35-32, to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle have been a dynamic duo that have been hard to be stopped as Tyreek Hill went for 143, Waddle went for 85, and to a tug of a low, he's just got weapons galore to work with as Miami is now 6-3. and three. The big controversy, though, in that game was there was a missed pass interference call, arguably a missed pass interference call. I think from my perspective, it did look like it was clear pass interference on newly acquired Chicago Bear Chase Claypool, where uh, two Dolphins defenders converged on him before the ball got there, would have given the Bears at least an opportunity in field goal range, if not the opportunity to win with a touchdown in regulation. As we mentioned, Bengals over the Panthers, 42-21. Here's an upset for you. Lions, the 1-6, now 2-6. Detroit Lions took down the Packers, 15-9, as the Lions in their last 11 Six and five against the Packers. Pretty impressive to have that mark. And Green Bay, it's just been a rough, rough downhill stretch for them as it looked like they were potentially going to be a team. As long as you have Aaron Rodgers, you feel like you really just can't count them out. But looks like you might have to this year as they are three and six. And just really an awful offensive performance against Detroit, one of the worst defenses in the league statistically. To only yield nine points or only score nine points. Not a good look, as some people did say the Lions, they were going to be a little bit scrutinized for their decision to not uh, to get rid of T.J. Hawkinson. T.J. Hawkinson was their star tight end, and they traded them to their division rival, the Minnesota Vikings, which trades to division rivals, that doesn't happen very often. It's very rare, and obviously a lot of teams, they tend not to do it. So for the Lions, people were maybe questioning that decision a little bit. However, they have proven some people wrong as – the backup, Shane Zilstra, ended up scoring a big-time touchdown 
for Detroit, and he moved into that Hawkinson role, and he played very well. And the Detroit Lions, 15-9 with the victory. And continuing on, now we'll switch over to the AFC. Patriots, 26. Colts, 3. Patriots, that amount of points they had really matched their fantasy output in terms of defense. Their defense went crazy. Pats had not 7, not 8, but 9 sacks of the quarterback as young quarterback Sam Ellinger for the Indianapolis Colts. He struggled against this really tough Bill Belichick defense, which is really starting to pick up steam as the Patriots are back up over 500. And I mentioned a lot of times here on the show, a lot of people here who are fans of AFC North teams, whether that be the Browns, the Bengals, the Steelers, Ravens, or even Carl, he's a big Colts fan. No one's really going to be feeling sorry for the Patriots that they're not doing well. And when they ended up losing to Chicago the other day, a lot of people were like, yeah, okay, let's go. Patriots have a negative record, but looks like the Patriots are starting to put it together with wins over the New York Jets, who are above 500, and now a win over the Colts. And with this loss, the Colts fell to 3-5-1, and one, and they ended up firing Coach Frank Reich. I think they've had enough of Frank Reich. He finished a couple games over 500. I believe he was 40-32-1 as a Colts coach. However, just too many bad losses when they needed wins. You think back to last year when they had a chance to make the playoffs with a win over the 2-14 and 14 Jaguars. Couldn't get it done in Jacksonville. And even this year, they've had their opportunities. They've showcased that they can have the ability to upset big-time teams. You look at that matchup against the Chiefs where they were able to pull off a shocking upset of Kansas City. However, then you turn around and they have games like what they did against the Commanders where they're at home, have no business losing that game up by double digits late and the commanders rally so tough loss for the colts as they hire jeff saturday to be their new coach moving on we got a battle of two new york teams as new york has been the place to be if you like football this year is the jets they pulled off the stunner over the buffalo bills bills one seed in the afc and still are despite the loss however the jets really making a statement victory that afternoon against the Bills. Six and three, the Jets are now just half a game back. But what's key for New York is that they are undefeated in the division. Actually, check that, two and one in the division. They lost to New England, who is behind them in the standings, but they have beaten the Bills and the Dolphins. And the Bills, they are 0-2 in the division. So that's something that is pretty shocking, but they are 6-0 and outside of it. However, Josh Allen did not have his best day. He was able to run for a couple of touchdowns, but he did throw two interceptions to Jets defensive back Sauce Gardner, who's really turning into one of the best picks of the draft as New York really starting to put things together. Garrett Wilson with the big game. Zach Wilson also really showcasing some good leadership and consistency as the quarterback for New York. And the Jets, look out now. They're 6-3. and three. Moving on back over to the NFC side, you have the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Washington Commanders. Minnesota, 7-1 and one with this victory. Another 20-17 win, as that seemed to be a very common score uh, throughout this entire season. Uh, but the Vikings have now made it six straight. Very impressive for Kirk Cousins. And it's one of those players where he's probably a little bit unsung. Kirk Cousins originally drafted by Washington. And now got switched over to the Vikings. A lot of people give him a lot of scrutiny, saying he's a mid-quarterback or maybe not the best out there, not going to win you too many games. But 
he's really putting it together. Him, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, and then this new defense that the Vikings have really implemented. They've been very effective, and winning on the road's not easy in the NFL. So picking up that victory, 20-17, to good, big, big deal for Minnesota. Then moving on, we had a big comeback in Jacksonville as the two teams that are near the bottom of the league, Jaguars and Raiders, squared off. And the Jaguars, rocking their all-teal uniforms, were able to come back from 17 points down to stun the Raiders, who have just had a rough go of things throughout this season. 0-5 on the road this season. And Jacksonville coming up with a furious comeback. Trevor Lawrence, as well as that emergence of Travis Etienne. A couple of Clemson Tigers have really been the leaders of Jacksonville. And really, this has been a good year for Jacksonville. They've had ups and downs. There's been some bad stretches, of course. They had the five-game losing streak. Uh, they started off 2-1 and one and then lost five straight. However, they are overachieving in some degrees. There are players that are really stepping up. Christian Kirk had himself a good day as well. So there are players that are really starting to show out here for Jacksonville, and they definitely have a chance, especially given the division not being the strongest. They just have to try to catch up with the Tennessee Titans, which will be hard to do, but the Jaguars could maybe work their way into the mix depending on how their schedule breaks through. Then a couple of NFC showdowns. We had the Seattle Seahawks, who have been a surprise team this year, taking down the Cardinals 31-21. I don't think anyone saw the NFC West really working out the way that it's done so far. Everybody probably thought it would be the Niners, the Rams, and the Cardinals really fighting while the Seahawks tanked. But it's been quite the opposite, as the Cardinals and Rams have struggled 49ers have been sitting at 500. They're a little bit of a sleeping giant team. That's a little bit better than their record indicates. But Seattle, 6-3. and three, And it's really been all about that emergence of Kenneth Walker III, the running back prospect out of Michigan State. He has been electric for Seattle. Two touchdowns yet again for the rookie. And he has a great chance to be the offensive rookie of the year in the NFL. Seattle, 6-3 and three, and looking good in their division. Speaking of the NFC West, the Rams, they went on the road coast to coast from the West Coast all the way down to the East Coast. Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosted them, and Tom Brady had a vintage performance. He engineered a game-winning touchdown drive for the Bucs in the final minute. It was a win that the Buccaneers needed to have as they go back to the top of the division at 4-5 and in what's been a very rough NFC South division. And then our last two primetime games, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tennessee Titans, a couple of AFC powerhouses, duked it out on primetime television, and it did not disappoint as the Kansas City Chiefs won in overtime, 22-17. Throughout the game, the game flow, it looked like the Titans were starting to take control of the game in that first half, actually the first three quarters, as they were up 14-9 going into the fourth quarter. Actually, check that, 17 nine going into the fourth quarter but kansas city was able to come up with the big plays mahomes using his legs ended up getting a couple of t- or getting a touchdown when they needed it most in the fourth quarter and they went to overtime tied at 17 chiefs got one stop titans kicked or chiefs kicked the field goal and that was all she wrote from kansas city as the chiefs they're able to get a big win over the tennessee titans another one of those teams that should be at the top of their division Chiefs, they lost to the Bills at home, but they are able to hold serve against the Tennessee Titans. So the Chiefs still keep themselves very much in the mix for that number one seed. 
Then another AFC team that's surging right now, the Baltimore Ravens. They went on the road to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Ravens going back to the place where they won Super Bowl 47. And they played a vintage Baltimore performance there as the Ravens defense was really the story of the game. Newly acquired Roquan Smith had himself a day as well as resurgent Justin Houston had two and a half sacks and an interception for Baltimore as Lamar Jackson threw his 100th career touchdown pass to Isaiah Likely. And the Ravens had no problems against the Saints as Andy Dalton, former Cincinnati Bengals quarterback, had a very rough go of things being sacked four times in the loss. So Ravens 6-3, and three, Saints 3-6. Three and six. And on by this week, Browns, Cowboys, Broncos, Giants, Steelers, and Niners all had the week off. But we'll go over the standings now as I mentioned a couple of where people might be and where teams might be, but Here's the full breakdown. Buffalo sitting at the top six and two in the AFC. Kansas City right behind them, six and two. Bills have the head-to-head. Baltimore moves up this week from fourth to third with their victory. They sit at six and three. Tennessee falls from third to fourth with their loss, sitting at five and three. Then for the wildcard teams, New York, they move to the top of the wildcard race, six and three with that tiebreaker over the six and three Dolphins, who are in sixth place. And the Chargers coming off their bye week with their big win over Atlanta and their double-digit comeback, they are sitting at seventh place. Then on the outside looking in, the two major teams that are really in the hunt right now, the New England Patriots sit at five and four and knocking on the door. They get to match up against the New York Jets after their bye week and might have a shot to be able to sneak themselves into the playoff picture. And then Cincinnati, five and four as well. The big problem for Cincinnati this season They have just not won their AFC games, and that's going to be one of the major tiebreakers when it comes down to it. What is your record in conference? And right now, compared to a lot of the teams around them, Bengals 2-3 in conference, 0-3 in the division. And when we look at the teams around them, from let's start from the top, Buffalo, Kansas City, Baltimore, 4-2, 3-2, 4-2, Titans 4-2, Jets 5-3, Dolphins 4-2, Chargers are 4-2, Patriots 4-2. Even the Colts, who are below them, are 3-4-1. So they even have more wins than Cincinnati does in the conference. So for the Bengals going forward, that's going to be the key. They're going to need to win these AFC games. As important as it is to win any games in the NFL, it's great to be able to get a win over Carolina, to get a win over the New Orleans Saints. You need to be able to win those games in the AFC and There'll be opportunities up ahead for them to be able to pick up wins, especially coming up this Sunday. There is a big game for the Bengals going on the road against the struggling Pittsburgh Steelers. It'll be at 425 on CBS and will give them a great opportunity to pick up an AFC win. Following that, it's at Tennessee, then it's Kansas City, then it's Cleveland. So the next four for the Bengals, all against AFC teams. The Bengals need to go 3-1 and one throughout that stretch and steal a couple of games on the road against some of those contenders, especially if they want to try to take back the division from the Baltimore Ravens, who have a much easier go of things. The Ravens schedule, they have a bye week, and then it's followed by the Carolina Panthers, Jacksonville Jaguars, Denver Broncos, and Pittsburgh Steelers. None of those teams have more than three wins as it stands right now. However, there's still a lot to be shaken out as we are about midway through the season. And there should be a lot of switching places as the season goes on. Some teams will get hot. Some teams will get cold. Some teams will stay stagnant. Other teams 
will get cold. We'll see how it goes throughout the entire year. But that takes us to our first break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the Bobcats as they get ready to take on the Miami Red Hawks live from Oxford. You're listening to the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. For over 45 years, Curtis Auto Repair and Towing has served the Athens area. But did you know they also have a high-quality auto repair and maintenance shop at their Columbus Road location? The Curtis technicians know any vehicle, and they stand behind their quality work. If you own a vehicle that needs servicing, stop by Curtis Auto Repair and Towing and let them give you a quote. Curtis Auto Repair and Towing, 81 Columbus Road, Athens, or give them a call, 740-593-7048. Hi, I'm Vivica Fox. For more than 100 years, American Humane has been rescuing animals during hurricanes, floods, and wildfires. But Mother Nature isn't the only danger animals face. Sometimes it's human nature. Every year, six million animals are abandoned and more than a million are euthanized. You can be a hero to animals in need of rescue and adoption at AmericanHumane.org. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970-WATH. Welcome back to the Sports Fan on a wonderful Tuesday afternoon. Actually, check that Tuesday evening as it feels a lot darker than it used to be when I did these sports fans due to the hour shifting for daylight savings most recently. Also, I want to give a shout-out to my lovely girlfriend, Emer, who just celebrated her birthday on November 6th. Happy birthday to you. And uh, we'll go over a little bit of what's going on with college football. We'll start off, of course, with the local Ohio Bobcats. I'm a Bobcat myself, a student there. And absolutely love following this team throughout the year. And they've shown so much growth from this year, from last year to this year, rather, as the Bobcats, they were three and six at this point last season. And we're trying to keep bowl hopes alive this year. They're sitting at six and three, and the bowl hopes are already alive and well for the Bobcats as they just reached bowl eligibility in their big win against Buffalo, but I'm believing this Bobcat team, they want more than just bowl eligibility on this season. They're going for division title and potentially a MAC conference title this season, and they have every right to believe that as they are coming off of not one, not two, not three, but four straight victories over MAC opponents, starting off with Akron. They beat Akron on homecoming, and they have been surging. Beat Western Michigan on the road, beat NIU, and beat Buffalo. Here comes a tough stretch. Two road stretches or two road teams that are sitting around 500 against the Miami Redhawks. Of course, a robbery game. Got to throw out the records for those situations. And then they'll be going to Muncie to face off against the Ball State Cardinals. So a couple of uh, Red Bird teams that the Bobcats will take on in those matchups the next couple of weeks on a little bit of Tuesday night action before ending the season off against Bowling Green. This year, the key for the Bobcats has really just been the passing game as there has been a lot of injury at the running back position. But what's been a really big constant for the Bobcats has been the connection between Curtis Rourke and Sam Wigless. Sam Wigless, the Buckeye transfer, sitting at 710 yards on the season, has a good opportunity to potentially finish with 1,000 yards this season. And Curtis Rourke, he has just been dominant this whole year as the primary quarterback, of course, 
uh, moving last year from being a kind of one-two punch alongside um, Armani Rogers, and now he is the guy, and he's been doing great. 2,700 yards through the air, was sitting at third in passing yards going into Saturday, and the Bobcats as a team, 13th in the nation in passing yards, averaging 309 per game. And then what they've been also been able to do very well is scoring points. They have been able to put up a ton of points, 33.4 per game. And if you factor out all of those games against teams like Penn State and Iowa State, those numbers burst off the page when they're playing a group of five opponent. Their lowest output in terms of score was 24, and that was against NIU as well as Kent State. But most of these other games are putting up well into the 30s, and in most cases, well into the 40s. So Ohio, they have a really great shot to really keep themselves in the mix, but it will be easier said than done against the Miami team that will be looking for revenge. Miami was a much better team last year in terms of record near the top of the Mid-American Conference, and the Bobcats were sitting pretty lowly at this point in the season. I believe they were around 2-6, and 2-7 and seven when they matched up against the Red Hawks on that very cold day here in Athens, and the Bobcats, they stunned Miami, pulling off the big upset 35-33, Ohio was up 28 to nothing, I believe, at one point before Miami really started their rally. But Ohio never trailed, ultimately, and they were able to stave off the Red Hawks' furious comeback led by uh, Blaine Gabbert's little brother in that game. But looking at the matchup, Miami is actually favored, according to ESPN Analytics, 52.3% to 47.7%, almost a coin flip at this point. And uh, some things that are pretty interesting about these matchups when it comes to these teams against the spread, Ohio 6-3 and three matching their record against the spread, and Miami 4-5 and five against the spread matching their record of 4-5, and five, which is quite impressive. And Bobcats favored by 2.5, and, and the over-under is 52. And with a lot of these max showdowns on weekdays, things tend to get a little weird, and you tend to get some weird types of uh, shootouts. And I wouldn't be surprised to see something like that here as we look through it, Miami has struggled a bit offensively throughout the year. They are only averaging 19 points per game, but their defense has been pretty solid. They've been more of a defensive team, run the ball a little bit more as they run for more yards than passing, and they're kind of more of a ball-control style team. So with Ohio, they're just going to need to be very efficient with their possessions. So you cannot afford a pick six like maybe what happened last week against Buffalo because there's not going to be as many possessions in this game if Miami is able to really set the tone in terms of the run. Um, so that's definitely a big factor in this game. But Ohio, their defense has been a lot better as of recently. Buffalo, a very high-flying team that put up a lot of offensive, good offensive performances, were pretty much shut down by the Bobcats, especially early on. And then Northern Illinois only put up 17. Western Michigan only put up 14. And for uh, Ohio Force, five interceptions in that game as well. So there definitely is some opportunity for Ohio's defense to be able to make some plays here tonight as well. But one thing that will be for certain is that there will be a crowd and they will be booming for the Red Hawks to try to get them closer to bowl eligibility. However, there's a lot at stake in the MAC for this game, even though Miami of Ohio is sitting at fourth in the MAC at two and three, they probably still believe and they have a chance to try to come back if things get weird with the standings before Ohio they're sitting at tie for first place they have the tiebreaker over Buffalo however with how it stands right now they're in a three-way tie scenario where Buffalo would get the 
three-way tie nod. However, Ohio does get the opportunity to control their own destiny as if they beat Bowling Green and they nothing else happens. They went out and they beat Bowling Green. They are in the Mid-American Conference Championship, more than likely getting ready to face off against Alito, who sits at the top of their side. Uh, Ohio, though, it could be tricky. Like I said, after this Miami game, they have to go at Ball State. Ball State competing for a Mac West title with Toledo as they are just one game back of the Rockets. So it can be tricky. And there's no easy games. Ohio, their one loss in conference was to a team that sits at fifth in the division with Kent State, who has struggled, a team that was maybe projected to be one of the better teams in the Mac, sitting at three and six and really have their full hopes on life support. And then Akron at the bottom, 0-5, 1-8. So this is a big opportunity for Ohio. You can listen to that game on Power 105. Pre-game content should be starting soon as the Bobcats look to try to take down the Red Hawks and make it two years in a row. And Curtis Rourke will try to cement himself as one of the best quarterback seasons in Ohio history. Another thing that's going to be pretty important tonight is the playoff rankings. So when we look at... The Ohio State Buckeyes on the season, they had a lackluster performance against the Northwestern Wildcats, where that was a day where it was really awful wind. I watched that game, and it was just ugly conditions. It was one of those days where it's like, yeah, you would not want to be out there. Just real classic Big Ten football, and again, not the best performance, but for Ohio State, it just was important just to win, as a lot of teams struggled this week. Michigan they were down to Rutgers at halftime. It was 17-14 in favor of the Scarlet Knights. But Michigan ended up really opening up the game after that as they put up 28 in the third quarter and made it look like nothing even happened at Rutgers, and they won 52-17. to So those two Big Ten schools are expected to move up. Michigan should probably be in the top four alongside Ohio State, especially after the couple teams in the top four did fall. Number one, Tennessee. That was one of the big surprises. Tennessee was given the number one spot in the college football playoffs, and Georgia took it to them in Athens, Georgia, Sanford Stadium. 27-13 victory for Georgia as Stetson Bennett. They really provided the knockout blow very early in that game. It was 24-6 at half, and Georgia did not look back and really just controlled the game the rest of the way. And then Clemson, they were stunned by Notre Dame on the road. That's been a place where Clemson's had some demons. They have lost a couple games straight now to Notre Dame in South Bend. And this time, the Fighting Irish are able to really enjoy this game, um, enjoy this win with fans in the crowd, because the last time it happened was back in 2020, and there was no fans allowed in the crowd. So Notre Dame, they have improved to 6-3, and three, and I expect them to be back in the top 25, and I expect Clemson to drop like a rock in those standings as this game was not close. It was 35, seven at one point Clemson tacked on a late touchdown. Um, but that definitely was one of the big stories. Another big story though, Alabama. Yes. The Crimson Tide the great dynasty of college football. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. They fall to LSU 32, 31 as a gutsy decision by coach Kelly of LSU ended up being the benefactor ended up being the key thing for LSU to be able to pick up that W. They went for two, got it, won 32-31, and Bama 7-2, and two, and they are in trouble. They've lost two SEC games. LSU now is ahead of them, and LSU, they pretty much controlled their own destiny. They might be one of the first two lost teams, actually the first two lost team to make 
the playoff if they are able to find a way to win out and then beat Georgia. Other news, most of the other things were pretty as you'd expect. TCU, seven seed, they're undefeated. And they're a type of team where people, I think, are sleeping on them a little bit. They've had some really tough and shaky performances in the first half especially, but they just know how to get it together in the fourth quarters. Is Today it was another, or not today, last Saturday was a little bit of a uh, frustrating performance, I'd say, for the first three quarters. They were down 17-13, to 13, and the Red Raiders looked like they were very upset-minded like they did against Texas. They were trying to do the same thing and upset TCU. But a 21-point fourth quarter pretty much quieted down any hopes that the Red Raiders had of pulling up the upset. And then other news, Oregon took down Colorado. Oregon still very much in the mix as their only loss is to number one Georgia, or who will be number one, number one Georgia. So that is a loss that, even though it's one that hurts, if you lose early, that's something they could potentially come back from. And Bo Nix has been rolling for the Ducks. As I know they have Utah coming up real soon, so that'll be something to look out for. As I look at Oregon's schedule here, they do have Utah on the schedule. So they'll have Washington this week, and then it'll be Utah coming up next week, and then Oregon State to end off the season in Corvallis. So there are some tough matchups for Oregon. So it will be hard for them to get out unscathed. But if they do and they win the Pac-12, they should have a chance at the playoff as well. USC, they struggled in their win, 41-35 against their rival Cal. UCLA picked up a win, 50-36. Texas and Kansas State had a nice Big 12 showdown. Texas won that one. So Texas will try to upset TCU. They have a little bit of momentum picking up a win over one of the Big 12 purple teams. So they'll try to make it. Two straight wins over Big 12 purple teams. And then the rest of the things, some uh, crazy upsets. Illinois, they lost to Michigan State, which was a big win for Michigan State if they want to try to get back in the playoff race. Kansas became bowl eligible with the win over Oklahoma State. As Oklahoma State, they were sitting there as an opportunity to potentially to make the playoff, and were right there. They had their names in the hat. And uh, looks like that hat has disappeared as Kansas and Kansas State both blow out Oklahoma State. They are done. Same with Syracuse. They have lost a couple in a row ever since their loss to Clemson. They have been on a backslide, like a roller coaster going downhill. They lose to Pittsburgh 19-9. And Wake Forest has also been the same way, losing to Louisville in a shocking blowout. Now, NC State, even without their uh, quarterback, Leary, or Devin O'Leary, NC State, 30-21 over Wake Forest. And then UCF. They ended up picking up a win over Memphis, so they will probably stay in the top 25. As UC also picked up a big win over Navy, so they will try to have a uh, bid to get themselves back into the mix for a top 25 vote. That's a little bit of your overview for college football. We'll talk a little bit more about what happens tomorrow when Michael Roth joins me, and we'll discuss what happened with Ohio and Miami of Ohio, which I'm really chomping at the bit to watch that game when I get back. To my house. So when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about some of the local professional teams here in Ohio, the Blue Jackets, who are off to a cold start, as well as a team that's off to a hot start in the Cleveland Cavaliers. Listen to the sports fan on 970 WATH. I'm Tanya Conrath, and I'm running for state representative. The Conrath family has lived in Southeast Ohio for five generations. Our values are your values. I've dedicated my life 
to lifting up our region, creating jobs and opportunities so our families can prosper and our kids and grandkids can find jobs here in the most beautiful corner of the state. Let's invest in our future. I'm Tanya Conrad, and I'm asking for your vote for state representative. Paid for by friends of Tanya Conrath. Stay informed about the stock market from Goldsberry Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 5.30 on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker-dealer and is independent of RJFS. I'm a God-fearing Ohioan, and I've been watching J.D. Vance. I can forgive him for investing in a Chinese company, creating jobs for the Chinese and taking jobs from Ohioans. I can forgive J.D. Vance for siding with Putin against the Ukraine. I can forgive J.D. for telling women to stay in a bad marriage. I can forgive Vance for using his infant daughter in a political ad. And I can forgive him for moving from San Francisco to Ohio just to run for the Senate. I can forgive you, J.D. Vance, but I can't vote for you. That's right. I can't vote for you. Join me and JDV. Just don't vote for Vance. Paid for by Bring Ohio Back, which is responsible for the content of this advertising. www.bringohioback.com. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Welcome back to the Sports Fan on November 8th, 2022. Bedrick Granger here with you as we will go over some of the Ohio teams in the professional sports world as it's been a tell of two different teams. Columbus Blue Jackets, they have had a rough go of things right now. Three and nine coming off of the Finland series where they matched up against the Colorado Avalanche. Avalanche, one of the powerhouses of the NHL. So that's something that it's hard to be able to pick up victories, but the problem with the Blue Jackets recently is they just not have been, they've not been competitive. And that's something that's really hard to want to follow them when the team is just not competitive. And when the Blue Jackets are really good, it's something where it can really ignite, especially me as a Columbus guy, really ignite the city where a lot of people are talking about the Jackets. And with the addition of Goudreau this last offseason, it seemed like this would be a season where the Blue Jackets might show some growth and Johnny Goudreau's been a key player for the team he's leading the team in goals his five goals also four assists on the year for a total of nine points he's been a bright spot of this team however just the record and the goalkeeper it's just been all bad as of lately for the Blue Jackets they are now on a five-game losing streak after that trip to Finland and things aren't going to get any easier going forward either as they'll match up against the six and three Philadelphia Flyers Coming up next, which you can listen here on 970 WATH. However, it is just tough sledding for the Blue Jackets. And I'll go over some of the uh, losses that they've had. And just you can even tell me just in your head. You can talk to me in your radio or in your uh, car or just whatever you're at right now. Does this seem like very competitive matches to you? Penguins lost 6-3. Coyotes, 6-3 loss. Bruins, 4-0 loss. Devils, 7-1 loss. Avalanche, 6-3 loss. Avalanche, 5-1 loss. I'm sure all you guys are answering this is not competitive. And it's not. It just really is not. And that's the problem. If you're at least out here, you're competing, you're making these games tight, you're maybe losing an overtime, that's one thing. Uh, but right now, with how they're playing, this is just not going to get the job done. They're sitting at 3-9 and nine 
at the bottom of the Metropolitan Division right now. It's been a rough go of things for the Columbus Blue Jackets. As Carl Blaylock has entered the fray. Carl, great to have you here in the station. Hey, uh, great, great being here. And I can confirm, yeah, no, it's it's been a little bit rough to be a Jackets fan uh, over the last few weeks. I will say I was impressed by them on the Friday game. I caught some of that. And they did come back against the Avalanche on game one of that Finland series. So it's it's the little victories at this point. I know a lot of Blue Jackets fans that I know are not happy with Larson. And I, I don't follow enough of hockey to really know whether he's good or not. But I know that uh, a lot of people want Larson fired. And that might actually lead you into the next thing we're talking about. I see, I see. Yeah, I actually mentioned earlier on the show when I was going over my uh, NFL segment, your Indianapolis Colts, uh, I saw they lost to the Patriots, gave up nine sacks, had the touchdown that the Patriots scored defensively. I started the Patriots defense in fantasy and was super happy. Oh, you had a great day. We only, we only The Colts only had 121 yards. <laughs> well, uh, Frank Reich, I saw in the news all throughout my uh, Monday Night Football of watching my Ravens cruise to their 27-13 victory um, that Frank Reich was fired. And uh, when I was hearing Ursay talk about the new hire, he was saying he's got no NFL experience coaching, but I trust him. And that's something that made me and then my girlfriend, Emer, we were watching on the couch. We just started laughing in response to that. And now, Carl, I want to ask you, what do you think of new head coach Jeff Saturday? Well, I uh, said it on my sports report this morning uh, that – Colts fans for the rest of the season and possibly on Saturday, they may need a lot of our sponsor for our sports reports, Michelob Ultra, this week. <laughs> and, uh, oh, oh I, I, I mean, I was sitting there and, I, you know, I was okay with us firing Reich. Uh, let me put that out there. Like, I, I was okay with it. His shelf life kind of expired. I'm a bit disappointed he was a little bit set up for failure, but, like, what can you do? You know, he had a great first year. And I really think 2019, the Colts win the Super Bowl if Andrew Luck doesn't retire. He does, and it's in our organization in a free fall. And we've just never been able to really recover from that. And, you know, obviously this year we just, you know, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel at this point for quarterbacks, and it didn't work. Now, I, I wish we would have fired him after the season. And this is where... Because I, I liked what I saw week one with Sam Ellinger. And he was going up against a Bill Belichick defense week two that he was playing. So, like, you know, yeah. I, but what I saw in the Washington game, I liked what I saw. I liked that he had the pocket awareness. Now... Obviously, the Patriots game was a little bit rough. But, you know, I still want to give the kid a chance. He's not getting a chance. He's not at all. He is legitimately being set up for absolute failure. And as a Colts fan, remembering Curtis Painter, whoa, anytime you saw Curtis Painter, you knew it was going to be a loss. I'm thinking when we... Uh, punted the last two games in uh, was that 2010? No, 2009. 2009 when he punted the last two games. Uh, we could have gone 16-0. We decided to punt the last two games. I remember watching that Jets game and just being no, 
no, no, no, no. Do not like. Uh, and then we had, uh, I mean, you know, it just, what, what? Jeff Saturday? Jeff Saturday? And legitimately, I'm sitting over in the production last night uh, just researching and making sure, seeing if I can find a quote from Saturday to throw into the sports report. And I'm just sitting there reading the tweets, and I'm legitimately sitting there going, what are we doing? What in the hell are we doing? What are we doing? Legitimately, I'm sitting there and going, I, I don't know. I legitimately don't know. Ursay, you know, I, I like that I like that Ursay stood up uh, to Dan Snyder. But he's gotta get off his high horse. Whenever he gets involved, look out. Um, because this is this is gonna be something. Uh, I know there's people who are kinda mad at him already with the Jeff Saturday hire for the Rooney rule, and I'm just sitting there going. I love Jeff Saturday. He should not be the coach of my team. When he's sitting there asking Ursay, why am I a candidate for this? He shouldn't be coaching. <laughs> and why in the world he is just blows my mind. I don't know how I'm going to make it through the game. If we're playing the Raiders this weekend. I, I don't know. Yeah, Raiders are pretty awful as well, too. That's just, They're incompetent it, in their own they, ways, man. Too. They have our coach that we almost hired. We almost hired Josh McDaniels originally, remember? And then he went, oh, no, I don't want to do this. No, let's not fire Frank Reich after fumbling the bag to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the last week. No, he deserved to have a second chance after that. I mean, but, uh, you know, he, he knew that that was his last chance. And like I said, like, I'm okay. I'm okay without having Reich be the head coach. And, like, I'll be honest, I'm okay with some of our coordinators not getting the interim position. You know, uh, we have John Fox on staff. No, I don't want him to be the interim head coach. <laughs> Gus Bradley, no, he's ran our defense into the ground. Our special teams coach, uh, Bubba Veradome or something like that. I don't remember exactly. Um, yeah, I would have liked to see him, you know, at least on an interim head coaching, uh, filling it in, but... No. What, 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 what are we doing? What are the Colts doing? If uh, if you find me in a gutter on Sunday night, just know the Colts did it. The Colts did it. Mm. Well, <laughs> good thing is, if you guys want a quarterback prospect coming up and if you guys want to tank the year out, there are some really good quarterback prospects on the come up in this college football season. Or we could just sign Lamar Jackson. Sure. <laughs> You guys got the money. I don't know. Now, I think the Ravens Ravens will be fools to let him go. I think right now with the way the season's going, I think we're going to keep Lamar or at worst franchise tag him, which I think he would be really mad about that, honestly. And he might hold out. But I think the Ravens pay him. And I think they'll um, they have enough room where they just got to cut Nick Boyle. I think Marcus Peters is done after this season as well. So there are ways for them to make their money back. But. Yeah, that's a little bit of a rant there, and I don't blame you at all, Carl. I mean, that's got to be frustrating as a Colts fan and with how you guys have managed the situation. However, let's see how it works. You know, if you guys end up tanking it, you at least get a good pick. So we'll see how that goes. Knowing but. our luck, we'll pick Hand and Hooker, and then that'll be a whole other thing. Tennessee quarterbacks worked once. 
I don't think it works again. <laughs> we shall see. But we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about what happened with Ohio sports last night in both men's and women's basketball, as well as deliver the hot picks on our last segment of the show on the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. As our Attorney General, Dave Yost is keeping us safe. He's protecting religious freedom, and he's fighting to lower health care costs. Yo, Dave Yost. Paid for by Dave Yost for Ohio. Athens County cares about you. I'm Micah. Join me Tuesdays and Fridays at 10.06 on Classic Hits 970 AM and 971 FM WATH for discussions about essential information for seniors, such as nutrition, caregiving, mental health, Medicare, and all other relevant topics for seniors in Athens County and the surrounding areas. Athens County Cares, a project of United Seniors of Athens County, Tuesdays and Fridays at 10.06 a.m. on WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Local teams, local opinions, the sports fan on 970 WATH. Last segment of the show here on the sports fan, Cedric Granger, joined now by Carl Blaylock to discuss hot picks as well as go over the basketball that just started for Ohio University, both men's and women's. And it was not the best start. For the Bobcats, the men, they lost at Belmont, which, of course, that's a tricky team. That's a really great, um, what it would be, it wouldn't be group of five. No, sort of no, team. they're, they're mid-major. Mid-major. Yeah, mid-major, there we mid-major. go. Mid-major, right really board. solid mid-major team, and I mean, we lost to them on a heartbreaker. Yep, so losing by one, I think that's one of those games where we'll learn a lot from it, and Bobcats just got to kind of find their footing. And same thing for the women's team as well. They lost 74-67 to to Long Island at home. Uh, one of the things that really stood out was how many threes were shot relative to how many uh, two-pointers were shot. And I know you uh, produced that game, yeah. Carl. It was 37 threes to 12 twos taken by the Bobcats. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of the problem is the fact that they're hurting a lot. I mean, last year's key contributors, I mean, they had three really good players that are all moved on. Uh, Gabby Burris, uh, Erica Johnson, and obviously C.C. Hooks. So, I mean, that's tough to replace them. And then, you know, it doesn't help when you have two key injuries. Uh, Maddie Mace, who was another pretty key contributor last year, she was a good fourth scoring option. She tore her ACL. She's not playing this year. And Peyton Geis as well uh, tore her ACL. She's out for the season as well. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's rough. And, uh uh, the good thing for the Bobcats is they do have a little bit of senior leadership in Caitlin Kroll and Yaya Felder. Uh, if she can reclaim, kind of 
reclaim that spark that she had last year, I, I think that it's a really good chance that, uh, you know, this Bobcat team can turn it around, but obviously not the way you wanted to start it last night against Long Island University. Yeah, um, she had a great freshman campaign, and we'll see what Yaya Felder can do. And hopefully there'll be some improvement. It's going to be tough, though, as they're going to match up on the road against Longwood on Thursday. So they'll go to Farmsville, Virginia for that one. And then the big showdown against Ohio State, which will come not this Thursday, but the next Thursday. But now it's time for Hot Picks as we'll go over our betting lines for today. It's kind of interesting because there is no NBA. It's a league-wide NBA day off. So I went towards college basketball. I'm going to take Milwaukee plus 26 against Purdue on the road. Purdue has not played a game yet, while Milwaukee has already played a game this season. Milwaukee put up 100 points in that first game. It was a tune-up game. However, it shows to me that they can score a little bit. Plus, Purdue may take a little bit of time to find their stride with the loss of Jade Nivey. So I expect Milwaukee to, I wouldn't say give them a game, but I don't think they win. Purdue wins by more than 26. You're really digging deep into those. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> the generous set of you over here. Uh, I'm going a little bit more easier. Ohio's two-and-a-half-point favorites over Miami. I think they win by at least a touchdown. Roll Bobbies. Roll Bobbies. That's what we will close the show out on today. Thank you for listening to the Sports Fan on 970 WATH for Carl Blaylock. I'm Cedric Granger, hoping that you get a chance to sit down on your couch and enjoy the Bobcats game against Miami, all hoping for a Bobcat victory in the Battle of the Bricks. Seventy-third year of serving Southeast Ohio. AM nine seventy and ninety-seven point one FM. W-A-T-H, FM.